Well, happy, happy, happy new year to my gorgeous listeners. And thanks for tuning in again to another episode of Glow West, where we chat about sex, sexuality and the body. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline West. And even still in 2021, I'm delighted to be part of the Tortoise Shack Network, where you can find all sorts of podcasts on politics, culture, society and of course me with sex. If you like what we do, please do consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack as it does help keep the mics on and the word going or you can pop over and rate and review on Apple. You can also drop me a DM on Twitter or Instagram at Glow West Podcast. So since it's finally 2021, we've put 2020 behind us finally, we are starting off the year with a bang and yes, yeah, pun intended as always, we are making this a year of sex positivity. So we have two episodes this week to help you start the week off right. And first up, we are going to increase your sexual confidence. And I have the perfect guest to help you achieve this. Shakira Scott, also known as Scotty Unfamous, is a London-based, multi-award-winning romance author and sexual wellness and relationship content creator who holds sexual empowerment workshops for women. She works to explore and remove the stigma around their sexuality, educate them in the art of sensuality and promote and inspire self-love and body confidence. Thank you so much for joining me today, Scotty. How are you keeping? I'm very well, thank you for having me. This is so fun. I'm so excited, guys. Yay! <laughs> well, happy 2021. We're finally, hopefully, in a better year than last year. Hopefully, hopefully, because the last year was just the ghetto. Like, we don't need that again. <laughs> <laughs> We we are starting right and we are going to yes. make this a year of sex. Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's I love like, that. Yes, a year yeah. of sex. It might not be like in the Chinese calendar thing or like the year of the tiger. And it's stuff, in but... your calendar and that's what's important. Yes. And we're going to put this on everyone at home's calendar as well, because life is too short. If 2020 taught us anything, life is too short to either settle for bad sex or to not get what you want in the bedroom, which is your whole area for helping people achieve that. Yes. <laughs> like I'm all about helping women live their best whole life. Like I'm just like, get all the nuts. Can I swear? <laughs> get all the nuts, chick. I'm gonna try not to swear. I'm gonna be flight today. Yeah, you like this. Okay. All right, yeah. bitch. Yeah, but no, I'm joking. Yeah. Like get all your nuts and get everything that you want in the bedroom. Demand for every single thing you want. Because at the end of the day, I can remember I was saying this to um, I think I was saying it on a live as well. I was like, listen, you lot are scared to ask men for this and that, but when they want fatty from you, they will ask you with a quickness and they don't care. So like you go and you get what you need. Okay, you get what needs to be given. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like a squirrel, a sex squirrel, getting all the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's a fetish somewhere for somebody. Furries! Yes, oh my god, yeah. To do an episode on that at some point, so yeah. Oh my god, yes, I would laugh so hard. Well, not to like shame, I think it's very cool, because I like costumes. Yeah, this is just a little bit more intense of a costume. Doesn't it look hot? That's that's what I think, like... But I'm in Ireland, like, we don't know what hot is, so that's... I mean, maybe it's a winter thing for some people. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's practical, maybe. Yes. That would work. That would work. Well, come here. So we're going to talk about um, sexual confidence. But take a little step back from that. We're going to look at sex positivity. And this is something that's like a buzzword now. It's a recently banned hashtag on Instagram. Thank you very much, Instagram. But no, how thank would you, you, Instagram. Oh, I know. It's, oh, they're, yeah, they're being the, the worst. <laughs> yeah. So how would you define what sex positivity is? Because some people think it means... You have to go to orgies all the time. You have to be having all this wild sex. You know, it's sex, drugs, rock and roll. And it's actually not necessarily about that. No, so sex positivity is basically the same as any other positivity movement. It's about accepting and embracing sexuality, whether it's yours or someone else's. Um, it can span from, you know, the things that we do into in the bedroom, our genders, you know, queerness and stuff like that kinks whatever like it just encompasses every single thing like you don't have to do the whole sex drugs rock and roll sex parties or you don't have to be me basically and I'm joking (laughs) a little bit I'm joking but yeah like it's just basically just embracing everything that comes under the umbrella of sex 
And even if you never have sex or you only ever have one sexual partner and you only ever have sex in one position, none of that matters because it's none once it. it's your attitude towards it that's what counts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And getting ask. orgasms. And and what? <laughs> and getting orgasms. Yes. That if you want them, if you're asexual, then obviously like that's not your gig. Mm. But see, and well, that also comes under yeah. sex positivity, being asexual, not having any sexual desires. That's absolutely true. And I think we're getting a lot better about recognizing that as well. That asexuality mm. is it's probably a lot more common actually than we think, mm. you know, for various reasons. So we will have in a future episode on that down the line. Um, because it, it definitely it's a fascinating area and I'm really mm glad to see people can, can come forward and identify like that you know we, we're in a better world now where we embrace a lot more things now so yes. um happy days so going on then to sexual confidence then so some people think i'm going to be good at sex i'm going to get all the manuals about sex i'm going to look at the joy of sex karma sutra Pornhub, whatever it happens to be <laughs> and they're going to learn all these tips and tricks and moves but like that doesn't actually mean that you're good at sex. So where does that sexual confidence actually come from? So sexual confidence, what I've found is, <clears throat> is that it ties into like body confidence quite a bit. Um, like in terms, okay, so the definition of sexual confidence is basically you being confident in your sexuality, whether that's from, you know, how you behave in the bedroom to, you know, being comfortable asking for something that you should ask for, like consent and things like that. Um, what is something else that comes underneath sexual confidence? So is it like um, being confident about Yeah, being able to, yeah, to communicate your needs to your partner. Not faking orgasms is sexual confidence as well, ladies. Yes. Be confident to tell him that he's rubbish in bed. <laughs> or, or that they or she is rubbish in bed. But yeah, like it's just basically about being comfortable in everything that your sexuality encompasses. And, and talk to us about the fake and orgasm thing. I mean, that's something, I mean, I did that back in the day. Yeah, um, again, we all done it. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's almost like a rite of passage almost. And it's just, you know, there's various reasons you don't offend the person. You don't know how to ask for what you want. You don't even know how to make yourself have an orgasm. Or maybe it's just not safe to kind of say, this isn't doing it for me. Or and a million different other reasons and stuff. But how do we get past that feeling of, oh, I have to perform sex, you know, and, and, and embrace that real sexual authenticity is what I, I would call it. Because mm. formative sex is the very much like loud, fancy, oh, I'm having 16 orgasms. And <laughs> Sixteen of them are fake, you know. Yeah. It's not real sex. If you're having sixteen real orgasms, happy days. Like that is brilliant. But if you're faking them, yeah, that's not where we want. You're to not be. serving yourself, babe. Mm. Um. So in terms of the whole faking orgasm stuff, and you know, being sexually performative, as you said, it's you're basically you're putting your partner's pleasure above your own and what tends to happen especially with um women or female identifying people is that you feel that you have to replicate what you see in pornography because that's where a lot of us got our sex education from because sex education used to be really really crap so, used so, to be still is we're, we're getting better you know there, yeah. there's people like us caroline you know we're here to <laughs> save the day um, <laughs> but it's like yeah you're you're basically you're prioritizing you're prioritizing everybody else's pleasure above your own and when you fake orgasms what you're basically saying to your partner is I'm too scared to tell you that I don't like this and I think that that's something that women especially were sort of reared into because you know the whole concept of marriage and being a wife and being a partner was being there to service your husband and sex came under that so now what we're all trying to do you know as you said earlier you know you fake the odd orgasm I fake the old orgasm but now what we're all trying to do is not fake the orgasms and tell our partners like okay no I don't like that that doesn't make me come um what I think it is as well that you know what you mentioned about people being worried about how your partner's going to feel listen that's all ego you don't need to worry about people's ego I'm sorry you don't I, I do not believe in coddling the egos at all so let's say this is your situation. You go, you meet this guy. He's great. He's funny, whatever. You've offed your pant. You're in the bed. He's pulled out his strong. You're like, woo, time to go. You have sex. You don't enjoy any of it. But you're making up so much noise. And he's thinking, yeah, yeah, I'm amazing. 
And then you're like, yeah, yeah, you are, because you're scared to be like, oh, it wasn't that great in case. What is he going to do? Oh, well, you're a slag or something. Whatever the, 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 what's the word? Was it backlash? Maybe? Yeah, the backlash. Whatever the backlash is going to be, it's not worse than giving up orgasms for free. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's obviously like a, a general overview, but you, you yeah. get my point, but you're, right? But you're absolutely right, yeah. And and I just think, I know this it's a bit simplistic, but like if someone's not going to listen to you when you're saying, hey, can you do something that actually feels pleasurable for me? And they say no, they're not worth having sex with again. Yes. Like it is that like hashtag dump them. Thank you, Britney Spears, <laughs> for that back <laughs> in the day. But like... I just think like life is too short and if you're going to be mm-hmm. with someone in the bed bedroom and they're going to say to you like I don't care about your sexual pleasure like what is the point what is the point and then it's even then it's like why is this person even in your bed and this is the other thing as well because this is something that I touch on a lot like even just communicating your needs to your partner if you're not even comfortable talking to your partner about sex how can you have sex with them because I think what we tend to do a lot in, not even just in Western society, I guess in, in most societies, is that we will do the sexual acts, but then it's talking about them that's bad. And that is so fucking backwards when you really think about it. It is, like you're okay with them seeing your gentles, but not talking about yeah. your gentles. <laughs> there we go. Like, it's, it's really weird. But like, and I think what the problem is as well with the whole faking it and pandering to your partner's ego is that when you finally do tell them, do you know what, I don't actually like this. They're probably going to be like annoyed because, but you've been like hollering and hooting, you know, yelling the place down all these years, months, weeks, whatever. Like it was the best thing and you actually hate it or, or they get like, well, every, well, I did it to other women or other men or other they, thems and they, they liked it. So, you know, you must be talking rubbish. We all need to collectively stop faking orgasm so we can all collectively get better sex. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> Please do a TED talk on faking orgasms. That would be incredible. You've given me a flashback there of, of um, something I dated a long time ago now. Oh my God, it feels like forever. But, um, and that's a good thing. But um, <laughs> like, I remember like not having any luck with them. And I, I don't know if I was, I actually wasn't even faking. I was just like not coming and it was just not talked about. Mm. And then he's like, oh, well, all my other girlfriends came and I was like, are they like magicians like because like <laughs> you're not you're not putting in the effort to make that happen mm. and not just for me like I, I couldn't see how his level of effort would have made it happen for anyone else but I felt like he probably went off when oh she's the one with the issue because she's the only one who stood up and said like this isn't happening for me whereas all the others were fine so therefore I don't need to do anything that was mm. Caroline's problem and <laughs> that wasn't true <laughs> Fear really cheated now <laughs> Like Caroline, your vagina's broken. My dick is perfect. <laughs> but that I and I do go through phases of that as well. Gone, there's something wrong with me that I'm not having orgasms, and it wasn't mm. that. It was just because I wasn't speaking up. I didn't know what I wanted. So I had, therefore, how does your partner know what you want as well? Exactly. And it, it's like a vicious circle, not like a happy circle, or whatever the opposite. <laughs> of is. I'm just trying to think of a sex joke. Joy here. circle. <laughs> joy circle. Yeah. There you go, a clit circle. I don't know, one of those. (laughs) But see, you also talk about like like the solo sex. I think like Mm. that would have helped me, and it would have helped a lot of other people. To like, Mm. if you're that in touch with your body, I mean, it's only ever going to be a good thing, right? Yes, like I I heavily advocate for solo sex and sex toys, especially because I just think that from my personal experience they really elevated my sex life in terms of, you know, like you said, you couldn't come for years, like most of your life, you you didn't have orgasms. And that was something that I experienced with partners. And what I found is that when I really tapped into my own personal sexuality and, you know, wasn't doing things with them, you know, just experimenting and trying weird shit by myself, you know? (laughs) Like getting off to hentai and whiz. <laughs> and so like when I finally came back and had partner sex, I think how old was I around this time? I think it was around 25 or so. And I remember I'd started like meditating before sex and stuff as well. And I was with my partner one night 
and I had an orgasm like from him like he did it and it's not that he was like fucking me any differently because the sex was always good it's just I just didn't come but yeah it wasn't that he was fucking me any differently because I had now tapped into that part of myself and I knew what I like and I could be like okay move over there or do that harder or do that softer whatever the orgasm happened and I remember I stopped the sex I said whoa I was like what was that and he's obviously like still in sex when he's like wait what 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 and I was like that has never happened before. <laughs> that never happened before. And I was like giving him high fives. I was like, go you. You made me come. <laughs> I was like, okay. He's like, can you go back to what we were doing there? <laughs> <laughs> Even after it was done, I was like, wow. Like, wow. You're so amazing. Wow. I, I definitely think that that's half the battle. It is it, like getting comfortable with yourself. And like you said, being able to go left a bit, right a bit or yeah. whatever. Because like all our bodies are so unique as well. So anything that's like, you must touch the clitoris for four and a half minutes in a circular motion. Like that's yeah. not going to work for everybody. Exactly. I like to have my clitoris spanked sometimes. That may be intense for a lot of people. But for me, like it does it. Um, like our anatomy, And this is the other thing as well about the whole with guys being like oh well it worked for everybody else listen her vagina is not my vagina like they are all different vaginas are like snowflakes you know they're all individuals <laughs> they're like the fingerprint between your legs and what you need to do is be attentive to your partner and notice what is actually turning them on and what isn't and when you figure that out then you can figure out how to make them come if you're just trying to go by this like you know paint everybody with one brush Okay, maybe one in 10 or one in 16 women (laughs) will have an orgasm and the rest of them lied about it. Yeah, and that's not where we want to be. Like, definitely not. So then, you know, if you're you're talking about then encouraging people to feel maybe their sexual confidence rising through solo sex, how do you advise people to start out on that journey and and to be really authentic and to go, look, I'm going to learn what pleasure is for myself and I'm going to own my pleasure and I'm going to enjoy the experience and it doesn't have to end in an orgasm, but I'm just going to figure out what feels nice whatever that means for that person i think that you made a really good point um there um just a second ago about not focusing on having an orgasm just enjoying the experience i think that that's a great angle to take because we because we feel like we have to orgasm because that's what we see technically and when people speak about sex it's always orgasms orgasms they we put all this pressure on ourselves and then what it can do is make a mental block that actually stops you from, wanting to orgasm can sometimes stop you from orgasming and it's, it's so annoying like a catch-22 um but what I would say something that I've found really good for me and that I've been like peddling to my audience is having a self-love routine and these not that you necessarily need to do the same thing each time but you see like how skincare for example last year like blew up and it was all 50 million step Korean skincare routine. You need 28 serums and shit like that. Like do that for your sexuality. So for example, something that I would like to do is I'll start off, you know, maybe it's like my night routine. I've done my night skincare. You know, everything's all shaved and buffed and whichever way I like it. I put on a bit of perfume for myself because, you know, scent engages, you know, your sensual senses. So now I smell good. Ooh, I'm feeling myself. I'm romancing myself. (laughs) And then next, for example, what I did with my audience last year as well is we made a, we called it the whole appointment playlist. And basically everybody sent me songs that they like to fuck to. Make a playlist for yourself and just have because it's always awkward you know like your, your sexy song is playing and then like that one like random song is like I go do 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 comes on and it's just like it's <laughs> fucked up the whole mood like yeah, you're trying no. to go with it but you can't really like <laughs> so yeah like make a playlist of songs that you like dress yourself like adorn your body like decorate your frame put on shit that makes you feel sexy and or maybe you don't even need to put anything on maybe you just like being naked you know do that um what is something else I also I have little routines in terms of 
how I use my toys and stuff. So for example, I love using um, sex aids, you know, the, the things that kind of like tingle, like bombs and stuff that make your vag tingle. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, make your clitoris more sense. Stuff in there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love, I love a bit of that. I love a bit of that. Right. <laughs> and then, um, pussy pumps. Every, every time I say this, everyone's like, oh my God, pussy pumps. I know they're a bit out there, but I love using pussy pumps before I masturbate or have sex. Because basically the way that arousal works is that when you get turned on all the blood rushes to your genitals and it gets engorged and stuff and that makes it more sensitive a pussy pump or not so much a penis pump i guess they can do the same thing essentially but they're more for like length growth for men in it yeah they're kind of sucking the skin up in in like a little tube kind of thing Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but so like a pussy pump isn't the same as like a male's penis pump it is like I said, it amplifies the feeling. So what it does is it draws even more blood to the surface of your vulva. It makes everything swell up even more, especially like externally. And that's just going to heighten anything that you do to it. Like you can literally like blow on your fanny afterwards. And it's like, oh my God, that was amazing. So, <laughs> so I love to use a pussy pump. And then, you know, I, I like to set my porn up if I'm going to have porn or if I'm feeling like a lady, if I'm feeling posh, I have audio porn. <laughs> Very posh. Very yeah, posh. You know, you know, oh, Lady of the Manor. We don't, we don't watch that pornography. Stuff. We we listen to it. We read it. You know, literature. Um, yeah, I'll have whatever my my visual or audio aid is, and then I pick my sex toys. And I think just setting up, or even like mood lighting as well, and lighting candles. Just doing these things to romance yourself, because I think a lot of the time when we are expecting things from our partners in our romantic relationships the things that we're expecting we don't even give them to ourselves but yet we want everyone else to give them to us like if you like it so motherfucking much like do it for yourself (laughs) i buy myself flowers because it's true like if these are things that you like so much and this is what turns you on why are you not romancing yourself do you not deserve to be romanced by yourself are you not your number one priority like take care of yourself like you are so yeah that's what i would um suggest guys like make a make a self-love routine and for example something that i did i'm currently experimenting with anal sex because i've been scared of it for just forever it really hurts (laughs) but (laughs) my partner like really wants to do it and we've been going to her for like about five years now and i'm like okay like i'm gonna make an effort so what i did is i bought a tiny butt plug (laughs) it's like four inches it's so small but i was like okay he wants us to do this so what i'm going to do is i'm going to explore this anal journey myself first and when i get comfortable with it then it's like okay i'm okay now like let's go so yeah i bought this little tiny butt plug i put it in my butt um like in December, so last year, December, I put it in my butt for the first time. And it was actually not terrible. I mean, he fell asleep. So <laughs> okay. it, it was a waste. But, <laughs> you know, the fact of the matter is that I took control of that and I did it. And it yeah. made me more comfortable with it and opened me up to that idea. So when you are having your solo sex things, like explore different things. And this is what toys are great for. I don't want to keep rattling on too much because I've been talking for ages. No, <laughs> no, it's fascinating. I'm like getting totally get sucked in. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking there when you're saying, yeah, about your routine, I think that it's so lovely. And it's so lovely again. Yeah. If you're saying like, let's, you know, get the candles and all the rest. But I think sometimes that routine, we can get a little bit comfortable in it. So if we have like mm. our favorite vibrator, for example, mm. sometimes we're like, I'm not going to buy any other vibrators. Yeah. This works. It, it's, you know, it's a guaranteed orgasm or, you know, guaranteed fun time, whatever you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it can be good to just treat yourself like, you know, maybe there's a sale on in your favorite sex toy shop and you want to just go, do you know what? I'll just I'll try something else. You yes. Know? Like to mix up that kind of sensation, I think, is a really good thing as well. Yeah, and I think as well, um, like what you were saying about the routine is like not repeating stuff and not using the same toys. Like, I remember I posted my um, sex toy collection last year and <laughs> everyone was like, oh my God, like there's so many. And that's my sex toy collection over there. I don't know if oh, you can nice. see it. Yeah, that oh, whole thing. Yeah, okay. it's, it's full like, up. <laughs> yeah, I hold, what are they? They're, they're meant to be for shoes. And yeah, I think so. Full of dildos. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just stuffed a bunch of dildos in there. But like what you were saying about um, using the same kinds of toys and, you know, because it's like, oh, this works for me. You don't know what else 
could possibly work for you and basically I think what kind of made me more eager to experiment with more toys and different types of sexual acts is I was working at this tv station a couple of years ago I was a content moderator it's for one of these dating channels so I had to basically I was either the text jockey for the actual television things so I had to actually speak to the people in the rooms and keep the conversation up or I had to moderate the content on the chat line so basically if people put through messages I had to make sure that they were following the rules why this had rules because the stuff they were saying I don't know why <laughs> okay. you know I guess there has to be boundaries yeah. but even like like there were like loads of men that would call in and they loved cross-dressing and I was like right like people really are out here living lives there was this guy that used to come on and talk about how he's a fairy and he's in his silky underwear and I'd be like he sounds fun yeah, <laughs> like, he knows what he wants you know yeah, yeah. like there obviously there were people that would put up ads for stuff like you know water sport or whatever other things that they were into you know furries there's all these different kinks there were people that liked to fuck cars and fuck denim is it like denim jeans there was someone that liked to fuck sheepskin coats very specific something <laughs> a fetish is it you can yeah. be very much like yeah very specific but but that's like they've explored that to the point of exactly. like exactly oh i figured out it's not sheepskin for me it's denim for me or whatever yeah. happens to me <laughs> like that's you know they've experimented and tried and you might just find like your new favorite thing yeah it, exactly that's the whole point like so moving away from these people's kinks that's what I'm talking about with sex toys like if I hadn't tried all of these different ones there are things that I don't know that I would have liked by now because for example I was interested in BDSM like I had an inkling about it but I didn't have any BDSM stuff then my partner bought me a kit and I got put on a leash for the first time and it was heaven like <laughs> Your face it's like oh little no, like literally i was like oh my god i feel so dirty right now yeah <laughs> um what's another thing like for example penetrative toys my first sex toy was gifted to me by my cousin and she got me this giant purple dildo it had like these little you know like the little dots that are raised, yeah. the raised bumps yeah um, and i just remember I didn't know what to do with it. So I just thought, okay, I'm horny. I'll stuff it in my funny. And it, the first thing I thought, this is cold. And I was like, this is rough. But then, and I turned it on to vibrate. And I was like, is this what people do? Because I don't like this. Like, I really, I really hated it. Um, I didn't like penetrating myself and stuff. So I think I then moved on to a bullet, which is the toy that most people will recommend to you first if you're going for sex toys. I would recommend either getting a bullet or a wand. But yeah, moving from that. I got a bullet and I was like, okay, so I like this whole vibration thing. Um, and then, but I just, I've just for years, I wouldn't try anything that penetrated me because I don't enjoy it. I don't even come when men fuck me. So what's the point? And then what toy changed my mind? I think it was um, a toy by Roxoff. It was called, I think it's the, the Enigma. Yes, Roxoff Enigma. And it was this dual ended sort of like rabbit vibrator, but it's like super intense, super pretty as well. Um, it was gifted to me. And I thought, okay, let me just, let me see. Caroline. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I changed my mind. No, like really, like I changed my whole mind. It was so good. Like I came so hard and I was like, maybe this penetration stuff isn't that bad. But see, I wouldn't have gotten to that point. Yeah, yeah. If I didn't try it. So that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like guys, like extend your sex toy collections, buy different things, you know, fiddle around, see what you like. Yeah, and even if you didn't like it, you still tried something. Exactly. Like, you know, you were still, like, that's the thing you wouldn't have known and you would have just kept on with the other toys that you had exactly. rather than <laughs> trying something new. So, yeah, and I think that's something, that's that's a great way to, again, if we're talking about unlearning sexual shame, to be able to say, I'm going to try this and mm -hmm. then see what's like without any pressure, without, like, God, it's probably not going to work or, like, oh, whatever. like any of those negative thoughts because I think we're, we're very quick to think negative thoughts sometimes around yes. sex. And again, that's that's a total desire killer and orgasm killer in itself when we're just going, ah, it's not going to work or I'm, you know, I don't know. Like, I think, again, like, with our bodies as well we might think oh I'm too fat for this or I'm too mm. I've got too many stretch marks or like all that body confidence also plays a massive part in our mm. sexual confidence as well and yes. 
think we've all been there with going, oh, my body. But like, it, you know, I, I suppose like, yeah, it's just it's really hard to get body confidence sometimes, especially in our society, which tells us we have to be super slim and we have to have no blemishes whatsoever. And um. I think maybe some sex guides I read growing up was like, here's how to hide the rolls in your tummy for sex. And yes. Oh, oh my God. I remember I um, I was working with Paul Octopus and they wanted me to write a fat sex guide. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. My entire fat sex guide was, it doesn't matter if you're fucking fat. Like you can have <laughs> sex like everybody. <laughs> Basically, you can have sex like everybody else. There is no, like, it's like, what's the best positions? I was like, any position you want to try. Like, <laughs> If you can't do it, then don't do it. Do something else. Like, it's not... This is the thing, you know, all these sex guys as well. Like, they're always giving you all these, like, 50 positions. You're going to do about three of them. All this, like, you hang off the edge of a cliff while he helicopters into your vagina. Like, there's all of these extra things. And it's like, that doesn't even look comfortable. Why would I enjoy that? Uh, (laughs) Or when you're standing, like, you know, do a handstand and have sex. And you're going, all that blood's going to your head. You're going to pass (laughs) it. like fairly quickly trying that like most of us are we'll try that we'll probably fall over and like smash a lamp or something as we go like you know it's not they're not realistic for most of us but that's nothing to do with size that's like flexibility exactly I think that was the point that I made as well I was like as long as you have a certain level of athleticism and you know you are a certain amount of flexible or whatever you can do what you want your size is not going to play into it and even that whole oh this like you said this position to hide your roles and stuff listen when your partners see you in clothes like as much as you know there is shapewear and stuff to hide lumps and bumps if you're plus size they can see that you're plus size they're not suddenly going to be oh shocked well, you you stripped away the layer of your lies. Oh my god! <laughs> you mean you're not a size six? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, like, <laughs> and it's like these are bodies, and even us like worrying about stuff like stretch marks and stuff. Everybody fucking has them, but it's like, do you know what it is? You know, as much as we hear, everybody has stretch marks. It doesn't feel like everybody has stretch marks. Um, and I think that's because of, you know, things like social media and stuff, you know, when they're like glorifying stretch marks, they're like, there's this size 10 girl and she's got stretch marks on her bum yeah, and she's yeah. come, she painted it in glitter because body positive. <laughs> I don't see stuff like that. I don't feel like, okay, your butt grew. Good for you. You have a fat ass. Nice. Everybody wants a fat ass. <laughs> Stop showing off, Shelly. <laughs> um, but I feel like with when you're plus size, like your stretch marks can mean a different thing. Like it's not, it doesn't have the whole, everybody gets stretch marks. It's, oh, you have them because you're fat or whatever. And these things can be really, really hard to even digest or handle when you have clothes on you can you know because there'll be women that oh I don't show my arms and whatever so if you've got this whole I don't show my arms thing when it comes to sex and you have to be fully naked it's like you know sorry I know you guys can't see me (laughs) I'm performing for Caroline um (laughs) but yeah it's like you know you kind of lock up and that is something as well that can stop us from having great sex and having great orgasms because we're so in our heads about what we look like you know even if it's just stupid little things like a a food part or something like oh my rolls so yeah if you're you're going like you know oh this feels really nice but they're gonna see my stomach and like that's gonna stop all those nice feelings and just you're gonna start focusing on your stomach rather than on your clitoris or whatever whatever you have going on like yeah it's just it's really really yeah it yeah. is and we shouldn't have that because like not that guys aren't cute because guys are cute but guys like they I don't really feel like they put the same amount of effort into you know being in the bedroom in the boudoir as as the girls do like we're there we're shaving and waxing and plucking and spraying this and spraying that and then they come in with their two-day-old sweaty balls and stuff I'm like here you go suck it and we're like okay <laughs> You know, this this is where communication comes in handy and goes, go and have a shower. Yeah. <laughs> like, Don't put your dick in the sink. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> that is, that's the opposite of your work on the art of sensuality. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not exactly. Much, there's not a lot of sensuality in saying, go put your dick in the sink like that. <laughs> 
complete opposite of that but oh my gosh but you do do work in that area as well um <laughs> so explain that to us as well because like sensuality is mm-hmm. i think it's almost a neglected part of sex sometimes yes, yes. um so i think that one thing that it was very very important for me to learn was when it came to navigating my sexuality was really embracing my femininity and recognizing the power in that because I think that you know being in the society that we're in women we can often feel powerless and like we're being shut down and stuff like that but it's like no bitch nobody has ever like started a war over a dick but they've started it over a vagina so like (laughs) do you get what I mean like women have had wars fought for them and like how powerful do you have to be to do that and it's like when I feel like it comes to sensuality it's infusing that femininity into everything and living your life in a different way like I guess like sensuality is a sort of lifestyle if you if you look at it in that way in terms of for example me like I threw away all of my house clothes you know we always have like our house clothes like that pair of sweats with like the hole in the butt or something we don't know yeah, where the hole yeah. is yeah on the like yeah <laughs> and what I did because you know especially like you know like us Caroline we're in, we're in the house most of the time so it was kind of like well if every day I'm at home and I'm just in these fucking sweats and this stained t-shirt I don't feel you know about myself so I threw out all my house clothes and so now by force I have to wear my good clothes inside as you can see this dress <laughs> yeah it's very sleek inside well I, I'm in a hoodie so um that but was... you are cute as a button <laughs> <laughs> but I need to take your advice of yeah because especially in the pandemic you know like most of us mm. haven't been dressed for most of 2020 so yes <laughs> we've stayed in and you know sweatpants or pajamas or you know got dressed while on shopping online yeah, like, <laughs> we're still yeah. in these pants and pajamas, and we bought all these amazing clothes with nowhere to go. No, definitely <laughs> not. And I know, I'd like I did a um a podcast last year with Cora Harrington, who's mm. known as the lingerie addict, and who talks mm. a lot about like just buying this stuff for yourself. And I think yeah, like that's a really good reminder that you've had there of like yeah, actually like getting that nice silk kimono and not keeping it just for sex, but just for wearing it around the house. I mean, yes, I'm sure if you, even if you don't see anyone, maybe your postman might be happier. <laughs> Very poor postman. Oh my god. Even just like beyond um clothing and stuff, I think it's it's a mindset thing as well. Um and it just even in how you take care of yourself in terms of even if it's just cosmetic stuff like I don't know, painting your nails, putting on perfume, there's no one in the house, it's just shit, it's fine, you smell nice. Um, you know, feed having stuff like tea rituals, you know, like drinking herbal tea. Ooh, so healthy. Making sure that you get all the water that you need so that your skin can glow like a beacon. Like it's just I think sensuality is just basically tapping into your authentic sexual side and not feeling like you have to subscribe. And I think this is something that's very um I was going to say poignant, but is it poignant? I don't know. I'll let you guys do the judge. But I don't feel that sexuality has to specifically subscribe to an idea. Because, you know, when we think about something that's sexy, we think of maybe like the blonde bombshell with the big tits and um, she's very skimpily dressed or, you know, maybe it's like the pin-up vintage girls. And, you know, like when we think of sex, we think of that. But sexy can be anything. However you decide to present yourself, that is sexy. Confidence in being 100% authentically you is sexy. Like, and I think especially deciding that you are sexy. I think deciding that you are a lot of things makes a difference as well. Decide that you you are essential. Decide that you are sexy, that you're a bad bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. And decide that you're worthy of sexual yes. pleasure is a huge one, I think, because... Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, like growing up in Ireland, we had a whole thing called Catholic guilt, which is like you can't have any pleasure whatsoever for mm. anything in life ever, <laughs> or else you're you're going to hell. But like yes. again, so for Irish people especially, and I'm not sure your background, but like we mm. we ha- we would have that and feel guilty for like like it was an insult to say, oh, they love themselves, mm. you know, and that should be like the first thing we should all love yeah. ourselves. That shouldn't be a bad thing. And I think especially. Um... I was gonna say in Europe, but we're not even in Europe now. What are we even in? What are well, we? In? No, I am. You aren't. Uh, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Show off. Yeah. She's like, yeah, we still get the Italian pasta and things. <laughs> yeah. You don't. 
Um, yeah, well, I don't know what we are. I guess we're just British, British. So even in this whole thing where, you know, you spoke about having Catholic guilt and it being an insult to say to someone, you know, oh, they think they're too nice or whatever. I think that that's something that's very, I don't know how to think, European, British, whatever. Like our side of the pond. Like <laughs> That's something very much the case. Like we are told, don't love yourself too much. You know, don't, don't brag, you know, be humble. Everybody always tries to humble you. And then I think that with, for example, like American culture, they're quite boastful and loud and proud. And yeah, like we celebrate ourselves. And and I know that the British kind of look down like, oh, they're so tacky. Listen, it's not tacky to love yourself. It, and I really hate that we take on these things. Like nobody wants to stand out or, you know, be thought of as being, I don't know, vain or whatever. So what if people think you're vain? Like, if you're not going to love you, then who's going to love you? And this is not to say that no one's going to love you if you don't love yourself. It's that even if nobody else in the world did, like, you, of the very least, should. Like, why would you not love yourself? And I think also we tend to, I think we take our bodies for granted, especially if they're not, you know, the typical sexy whatever. And it's like our bodies do so much. Like, we have put them through so much that like we fall, we grow, we scrape them, we do ridiculous ho shit that we probably shouldn't, but it was fun and we were drunk. <laughs> Um, absolutely and like our but especially like you know from 2020 like we got carried through that year and we, uh, so many people lost their lives and stuff this is not to make it get all like gloomy or whatever but it's just the fact to be thankful to your body and to appreciate it and love it and don't feel like oh i think i'm too nice when people come and they tell you that they're too nice it's just i feel like it's them projecting that they don't think of, about themselves high enough and it bothers them that you do yeah, I, th- I think there's there's grains of truth in that for sure. But I, I think as well, when, when we're saying about, you know, like having such a positive image of ourselves and that then that translating into our sex life, mm. it kind of raises the bar for us because if we're then seeking out partners who we think like might be good and bad or, you know, that you're attracted to, like mm. hopefully then if they're going to have any red flags about them whatsoever, you're going to go, Do you know what, I actually deserve better than this. And yes. you've loved yourself enough to put research into what a healthy relationship is. And, mm. you know, because that's sorely missing in our society, education around that. And mm-hmm. um, we have a long way to go when it comes to that. But I think we stop settling, I think, when mm-hmm. we start caring about ourselves a lot yes. more. Yes, yes. And I think that's that's... Preaching. Oh, it, it, like, yeah. <laughs> But like it is, and it's an ongoing process and, you know, no one's going to judge you for not, you know, if a week after this podcast, you're like, right, I'm, I'm still in that process of loving myself. Like it's, it's a lifelong process sometimes mm. and yeah, might go back and forth on it sometimes as well. Yeah. But I think with these things, like whenever we try to do any kind of self-improvement, we, I think our society, we're so used to instant gratification and we just feel like if we decide to do something, it should happen overnight. And it's like, no. This is, like you said, it's a lifelong process. Even me, and I teach you guys how to do all this stuff. Even I'm still learning about myself. You know, I'm still, that. Th- I'm like 32 years young. You know, there's still a lot more to go, a lot more for me to explore. You know, right. things that I shouldn't do. That I- <laughs> <laughs> we, we never learned that lesson properly. But uh, yeah, but- <laughs> no, we get into it. But come here, I'm wondering, just before we, we finish up, one of... um. Your your many talents. You do such a lot of work, but you also write erotica, and that's something like it's going to be one of my goals for this year because I haven't read for pleasure in I don't know how long because mm. I read for during do my PhD and ne- and mm. then I was like I'm allergic to any books of any <laughs> while, just I don't want to read anything. But I actually want to get more into erotica and like especially modern erotica, like because mm. when I thought of erotica, it was like Mills and Boons and stuff. yeah. Like, you know the 80s and you're going oh, like I don't want yeah. someone in a flouncy blouse the rich shake and he yeah. he took the maid girl and suddenly yeah. he fell in love that's yeah and they're always very like you know boy meets girl and then they end up living in a castle or something yeah. like and that's just like good for you if you want to live in a castle but I don't but so your erotica is thankfully a lot more modern like talk to us a bit about what the kind of topics that you write about so my topics in my erotica, I I try to make my erotica just like relevant to life anyway, <laughs> because 
I've, I've never really been one to read, you know, those ones that kind of jump straight in, like you open the first page and his hand was on her breast. Whoa, whoa. You're like, I'm going to be there. <laughs> like I really like to build storylines. My stories are romances with a lot of sex scenes in them, basically. And um, so, for example, like my debut novel, um, Unfamous, that was basically my take on influencer culture and, you know, the behind the scenes of it. And this girl who was basically struggling with, you know, trying to become an influencer and trying to make herself over, but then her boyfriend from her past who knows the real her <laughs> like he pops up and kind of screws that over and you know we see where she had her attachment lies within that relationship and how it's made her the way she is and how you know there is that weakness to the people that hurt you I feel like when you're going to speak about sex there needs not that there always needs to be emotion in it but it makes it more relatable because not everybody is comfortable running around having casual sex and that's okay and even if you are having casual sex that's okay too sex positive <laughs> but um i always found that it eroticas resonated with me more when they were in relationship settings and i could psychoanalyze the characters <laughs> and see myself in them you know with my character in this book rio she just wanted acceptance she wanted to be loved and she was cheated on by this guy and it's like even then even in her whole glow up and getting over him there was still something about him that pulled her back to him and you know we all get into those situations yeah, um yeah, another yeah. <laughs> being there <laughs> yeah yeah going for the, the people that aren't good for you but they're exciting and the sex is good so <laughs> let's try it again um then i also ventured into writing one of my current novels which is running wild um i won i won an award for this one and it's basically like a sort of street lit. I wanted to do like a South London kind of thing. But then it explores kink. And what I think is quite, I'm not going to say revolutionary because that's not the word, but what's quite different, different is the word. What's quite different about my works is that I tap into very explicit topics, but I centre Black people in my work. And the reason that I do this is because Typically, when we read eroticas and stuff and or just, you know, see people living their best whole life, being all sexual, they're not usually usually people of colour because people of colour tend to be quite reserved in that area. So I think that's what makes the the big difference for people to actually read these eroticas and, oh, like, it's a normal girl like me, but uh, she's strung up to her St. Andrew's cross. What is this? <laughs> and also, I love to write, like, fantasy eroticas as well. Like, I love vampires, like Twilight is my shit. <laughs> That's nice to see, like that again. That diversity. I think someone put up mm. a post before about like they put all the covers of romance novels mm. you know, side by side, and it was just it was all white people. Yeah, the whole like Fabio kind of oh, hair blowing yeah. shirt open with like, this delicate shirts. made. It. Yeah, yeah. Like so, it's actually nice to like mix that up a little bit and and just be more reflective of the actual world that we live in rather yeah. than um that nonsense. But now a very important question though. Mm -hmm. Do you mention the term throbbing member in your erotica? Because that's all I remember. From oh, it's throbbing member. Do I admit, do I say throbbing <laughs> member? I might do. I might. Okay. <laughs> I I try to not use like the, I don't think I use the word cock. I don't like the word cock for some reason. I just find it very, I find it very British. I don't know. <laughs> like he, he's throbbing cock. I don't know. And it reminds me of a chicken. Um okay. But yeah, throbbing member, yeah, I probably use that. But I do try to, you know, stray from typical romances. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. you know, I remember, do you know, I actually tried to write for Mills and Boons once and they were like, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, this is not a good way to advertise or something. Mills and Boons turned me down. But like, I think, because what they want is quite like airy-fairy. But me, I'm a bit dark. So I think I had this, like, he was a hotelier, you know, he, his family was yeah. so rich and she sure. was the poor, the poorly girl. <laughs> but the thing is, I think I started off the book with him, like, he was, like, contemplating suicide or something. And they were kind of like, whoa, whoa, oh, what? Yeah, they were like, what is this? <laughs> Why is he on the roof? So I'm kind of like, okay. Well, because you not just do the same stuff all the time. I thought you might want something different. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. They'll stick to the same old, same old yeah. kind of thing. And but... that's boring. It's yeah. so boring. I know what's going to happen. 
it didn't and I'm not a fan of happily ever afters either I know everybody else is I don't but you don't need that and you don't need that in your sex life either for it all to tie up yeah. nicely do you know it's and, just yes, like... and it was so wonderful and they had three children in the house with the gates oh, in the pocket you can just have really hot sex and then never see them again and that's fine yes. like, <laughs> exactly that's, you know and, and a lot of people would would have fantasies about that and everything else but um but yeah come here we leave it there before we dive into the world of personal fantasies because I'm <laughs> a little bit uh, <laughs> <laughs> too explicit for this one um you're also hopefully going back to teaching in-person workshops soon because that vaccine yes. is rolling out and we're hopefully going to get back to normal pretty soon hopefully. fingers crossed and um, where can people find you if they want to sign up i know you have your your shop and you have a whole bunch of cool merch as well so where can people <laughs> snag some good stuff all right so you guys can find me at shakirascott.com um it's felt like shakira the singer and scott <laughs> yeah, like the, the general name. <laughs> yeah, just general name. So common. <laughs> but she's not common. Yeah. Um, so shakirascott.com and that's basically where you can get you can watch my web series, which is an adaptation of one of my books. Um, you can obviously buy my books, read my books, you can read my blogs, you can shop my sexual wellness store, everything is just on that site. And my socials, I mainly use Instagram and Twitter are at Scotty unfamous not infamous un so unfamous like i'm not famous but i am it's a what's the word uh a, a pun no uh I don't, well you get the word I that we're going for yeah, Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah so scotty my, my brain isn't gone yeah yeah like brain fart yeah. yeah scotty unfamous on twitter and instagram perfect and you do like some really fun lives as well where you read I out do. like listeners questions and just talk about whole stuff as well yes. <laughs> every fun. sunday at eight i do an ig live and it's so fun like yeah. what are we doing right now we're like i think we're doing we're having a movie night on <gasps> the next one yeah that's a I'm great idea watch, yeah. i'm getting them to watch like... love and basketball it's gonna be so fun oh, <laughs> look whatever gets us through till we're in person again <laughs> is the way to go but um listen thank you so so much for your time today i really hope that people take everything that you said on board bring it into their sex life make 2021 the year of reclaiming your sexual whatever your autonomy your activity your sexual partner <laughs> yeah absolutely as well so um fantastic and we have because it's the start of the year we want the year to start off right on thursday we are going to have an episode all about sober sex so some of us are doing sober january we hopefully haven't failed just yet it's only a few days in so you know hopefully we, we've lasted a few days but again i think if we're looking at the substances that we're using and then our sexual confidence combining those you know we might get 2021 off to a better start sexually speaking so um keep your eyes out for that on thursday and again as always you can find us on twitter and instagram it's a glow west podcast you can support us via patreon that's patreon.com forward slash tortoise and i will chat to you very soon bye